so much, Mark's family. You guys aren't going anywhere, but we just appreciate you guys so much. And um, Lindsay, um, we know you and Samuel, and of course we've, we've had your kids read and sing with us before, but will you remind us uh, the name of all your guys up here? Yeah, so today we have, um, and every day, we have them every day. Really. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ephraim over there is nine. Here's Eshton in the middle, he's six, and Eden over here is seven. All right, thank you guys. And thank you again, Carl and Sue, we appreciate you guys so much. And um, uh, it's good to have the whole family taking part in different places of liturgy, as, as Sam mentioned. So, uh, hello, Miss Stacy. Would you pray for our offering I today would. and let us know uh, some of the good information about offering? Yeah, a um, couple things, too. Um, I forgot to mention in the opening announcement before we, we give into the offering today, um, we do have another vaccine clinic this week. So if you're able to stay after and help us clear the room and reset it, um, if you can give us 10 minutes, that would be amazing. And I also wanted to mention that um, today is the last day to sign up to register for in-person Easter service. So if you aren't already signed up, make sure you do that today. And we're going to give into the offering today. There's a few ways you can do that. You can text your dollar amount to 84321 and follow the prompts. You can give online at ccmonline.org slash give, or you can also mail a check-in. If you are um, in the room, we have giving baskets in the back of the room that you can give into today. And dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for this opportunity to give into this offering with our gifts and our tithes. And we just ask that you would please bless these gifts and use them to help all those in our area and around us that need this money and need the things that we can um, give through this church. We thank you so much for this opportunity to help our brothers and our sisters and our neighbors. And, um, and please bless the work of, of the church and these hands. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, Stacey. Well, she is uh, working her way over to get set up for the kids' teaching and, and kids' activity. I, I don't know how many of you guys uh, have been around uh, church since 1985 like I have, but there's this old Hosanna song that goes, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Anybody remember that? Hosanna, Hosanna. Hosanna in the highest. Lord, we lift up your name with a heart full of praise. Be exalted, O Lord our God. Hosanna in the highest. Oh, it's just like we timed that out perfectly, Stacy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm back. Um, today I have uh, our kids' message for you. I'm wearing lots of hats today. Um, I wanted to invite you all, if you're in the person or in the room or online, um, this is the kit we'll be using here in just a moment. We're going to make some lovely um, pipe cleaner flowers, and I'm going to explain why in our devotion this morning. Our Bible verse is Philippians 4:12 through 13. I have learned the secret of being happy. At any time in everything that happens, I can do all things through Christ because he gives me strength. Now this is perfect for springtime. Plants need just a few things to grow. Sunlight, water, air, and nutrients. Some plants, like trees and grass, get what they need in a pretty simple way. 
Dirt gives them their nutrients, rain gives them their water, and plants find sunlight and air all around them. But God made other plants to be a little more creative to get what they need. For example, some desert plants have very long roots, allowing them to dig deep for underground water. Many desert plants, like cacti, are able to store their water from rare desert rainfalls. In the rainforest, where it rains more than 100 inches of rain a year, plants have drip tips that quickly send all that extra water dripping away so their leaves don't get moldy. And Arctic plants grow low to the ground and close together to survive the bitter cold. God also created you to bloom where you're planted. No matter where you are and no matter what's happening around you, how? By depending on Jesus and being thankful for all that he's given you. If you're having the absolute best day ever, it's easy to bloom and be happy and have thankfulness in our hearts. But when we're having the worst day ever, it's a bit tougher. But you can always be thankful for Jesus. So put your roots in his love for you and let God's word feed you and reach out to the world around you. Before you knew it, you'll be blooming right where you're planted. And we have a little prayer. We'll pray this, and then we'll make our craft as our reminder to take home with us today. Dear God, no matter what's happening in my day today, I know I have many things to be thankful for. Open my eyes to see them and help me bloom wherever you plant me. So a little tangible reminder. We're going to make some pipe cleaner flowers So we're going to take these short five white, is that right? Five white um, pipe cleaners, and you're going to bead them any way you want, okay? Doesn't matter. I'm going to do this really fast, but you'll have time to work on this all through service. So then when you get all five of them beaded any way you want, you're going to bend them like a teardrop shape and twisty them. Everybody knows how to do a twisty tie, right? So then you're going to have five flower petals. Next... You're going to take your green pipe cleaner for the stem, and you're going to leave a little tail at the top, like maybe an inch, and you're going to twisty tie your petals on just like this. Twist, twist, twist. Pipe cleaners are brilliant, whoever came up with these. All right, so then once you get all your your petals on here, you take your tail, and you're going to bring it around to make your flower petals and twisty tie that together. How easy is that? Lovely. And then you're going to take your yellow pipe cleaner and you're going to twist it to make the center stamen part. So you're going to do a little loop-de-loop and leave a tail because, again, we're going to twisty tie. And so once you get your little loop-de-loop for the center of your flower, you're going to put it right in the middle and you're going to twisty tie that on there as well. So now when you take this home, you can put it in a vase or stick it somewhere lovely And remember to bloom where you're planted, no matter what's going on. Let your roots go deep down into Jesus' love for you to help support you and nourish you in all seasons. All right. Thank you, Stacy. Thank you so much. Uh, You know, I I know that one of us says it every week, but we're so um, grateful for our children's ministry team, for Pastor Stacy and Pastor Sarah and all of the the kids, the high schoolers especially, uh, that have just done such amazing work 
uh, work and have had so much fun with the kids. So uh, we appreciate them, and, and thank you guys for continuing to do that. I see Lexi out there smiling because she loves to do it so much. And uh, But anyway, uh, thanks to you guys for being here today, and I won't keep you for too long, but just a few things I want you to think about today um, is that as we read from Scripture, there's three main questions that I want you to think about. Uh, Because the message today is all about asking better questions. And those three questions are this, is what did love require of Jesus? What does love require of us? And then what does love require of me? And if you could take uh, take your uh, your palm frond here, that's a fancy word, isn't palm frond? And what we're going to do is we're going to do uh, uh, we're going to make some birds and some. No, we're not going to do any of that. I just want you to hold it. I just because I I am not the creative one. Maybe we'll bring Stacy up to make something funny with them, or not funny, really important is what I meant to say. But if we could just hold on to these for a second, and if we could close our eyes and just think for a moment. Uh, of the people in Jerusalem on that day as Jesus is about to enter. Let's think about what they were thinking about and think about the things that we're thinking about in our lives. And just keep holding on to that and whether you want to close your eyes or open them as I read this out of Matthew 21, that is up to you. When they had come near Jerusalem and had reached Bethpage at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village ahead of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. And if anyone says anything to you, just say this, The Lord needs them, and he will send them immediately. And this took place to fulfill what had been spoken through the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, Look, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. And the disciples went and did just as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and put their cloaks on them, and he sat on them. And a very large crowd began to spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from the trees, and they spread them out on the road, just like we're looking at here on the floor. And the crowds that went ahead of him and that followed were shouting, Hosanna to the Son of David! Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. And when he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was in wonder and celebration and even a bit of turmoil as they were asking, who is this? The crowds were saying, this is the prophet, Jesus, from Nazareth in Galilee. And today we know that we begin on this Palm Sunday, what's known as Holy Week. And Palm Sunday is a bit of a day of celebration The people of Jerusalem waving their palm branches, setting their coats in the road, and celebrating this man Jesus, who they all knew, or knew at one level or another. But these shouts of joy and shouts of praise signify a moment where the three major questions will begin to be asked. What did love require of Jesus? What does love require of us? And what does love require of me? 
And if we think about it, what did the people in Jerusalem really want from Jesus? Under the shouts of Hosanna, save us, were those who were already planning what the triumphal entry would mean for them. And of course, some just showed up looking for a party because they heard the shouting and they heard the music and they heard everything that was going on. But think about what were their plans for him and what did they want him to do? What were the questions that they were asking of Jesus as he entered? Think about it. The people of Jerusalem, just like today, all had their own personal cares, agendas, and filters. Will he heal my child? Will he heal me? Will he make me wealthy? Will he shut the mouths of my neighbors who disagree with me? Will he give me prominence in heaven? Will he save me and show my coworker what a heathen he is? Will Jesus overthrow the Roman government? Will he overthrow Herod? Will he establish the Pharisees as the permanent leaders of all the church or the Sadducees? Will he take the lead of the zealots and destroy it all? These questions for all the people might have ranged everywhere from the deeply personal all the way to world domination. But if Jesus was to come today marching into Marshall or Battle Creek or Albion or Coldwater, Lansing or Washington, D.C. or Jerusalem today, we might be asking similar questions. Will he heal my father from COVID? Will he heal my child from leukemia? Will he make me wealthy? Will he shut the mouths of my liberal sister, of my conservative neighbor? Will he give me prominence? Will he show my coworker how wrong he is? Will he show the world that the faithful have no need of masks? Or will he shame those who won't put one on? Will he show the world that the Methodists were right, or that the Catholics were right, or that the non-denominationals were right? Will he take his rightful place as leader of the Republicans or will he lead the Democrats? Will he overthrow the government? Will he establish one side as prominent? Will he establish one church? Or will he lead the world? Or will he lead the world today to tear it all down? Because just as it was in the first century, we are shown that perhaps we are asking the wrong questions. Because Jesus was asking what love required of him. And not to jump too far up in Holy Week, but Jesus, we know, was concerned about the difficulty he was about to be in. And he was wondering about how painful the crucifixion would be. And what does love require of us? As Pastor Claire and Pastor Scott and Pastor Sean have reminded us over the last few weeks, and of course in the book by Andy Stanley that we've been reading, Irresistible, that New Covenant people don't begin or end with the question, what does the Bible say about? They begin with the better question, what does God's love require of me? Because all these questions, all the needs and positions, they fall into their correct place when we start with that. What does love require of me? This is the only question that truly has any depth in this world. Can you say that with me? 
What does love require of me? And the people who cheered and raised their palm leaves in the air, they rightly understood that Jesus was filled with love and expressed it to his followers. That this idea of love, love for God and love for people was the thing that connects us to God and not a strict adherence to laws. And that must have been such a relief to them as it should be to us. But we know that many of us today, that we live a life saying that we're saved by faith, but we're secretly keeping score of goodness in ourselves and in the people around us. As Andy Stanley puts it, when you're good at being good, you get so good at judging the not-so-good people. (laughs) And as you may have noticed, judgmental people come across as dismissive and angry. Having spent too many years in that camp, I can tell you why. But this needs to stay in the room. Judgmental people are secretly jealous. It's a well-kept secret. But jealousy manifests itself as disdain and anger. And it's next to impossible to see that jealousy in the mirror. Christians aren't supposed to be jealous or angry. So Christians are better than average cover-up artists. Let's just stop there for a moment and breathe that in for a second. And isn't that what we're all getting into so much trouble about right now? Because we're all really good at judging the not-so-good people in our minds. Because we know that we're living in such a highly polarized political world like we do at the moment. And anyone who looks at the world differently than we do becomes the not-so-good people. Look, at the, I'm not talking about those who are seeking violence for the black and brown communities and the Asian communities or indigenous people or any other really human rights issues. That is not what I'm talking about. That's a whole nother message. And that's someday I hope to give it. And I hope it's a day that my heart is filled with love uh, and not my own self-righteousness because I know I could get very angry. But I'm talking about judging because of a difference of opinion, of seeing the world slightly different and being able to simply debate ideas and thoughts together. And we know that that's birthed out of a lack of love. So I know that I have to step, take a step back all the time because I'm very easily when the driver who cuts me off I question their humanity and their salvation Uh, I question the guy on this this channel or that channel Uh, I question people that I meet every day Uh, I uh, it is always dangerous to do a meet or or to do a message where you have to talk about love because um, as you've heard from so many other people you have to uh, take a look at it in your own heart as I did yesterday um maybe you know, maybe you don't know, my wife Rhonda and I have four kids, all of them adults now. Uh, Two of them graduated from college, and uh, my son graduates the first weekend in May, and then we have our youngest who's in her second year of college. And so we, my wife and I went out looking for cars for her yesterday, and we had set up an appointment uh, in Sterling Heights. Took us about an hour and 50 minutes to get there. We're already feeling the joy from that. Uh, 
uh, and we, we pull up and we see that the car is no longer in the driveway. And we go to knock on the door and the um, uh, gentleman who's full of the love of God said, oh, uh, we just sold that 15 minutes ago. And I said, my dear friend, I said it just like that. Didn't we make an appointment with you? And, and didn't I text you two hours ago saying that we're on our way? And he said, yes, my dear friend, I am so sorry that I sold that out from under you. And I only pray that you can find... No, he didn't say any of that. And I walked away with the goodness and the joy of the Lord and puppies and bunnies uh, floating through my brain. And I'm just thinking, what in the world? And uh, I sounded like Yosemite Sam, so I wouldn't say every word I was thinking about. And I was just, it was just such an unbelief moment. And of course, as I'm angry and walking down the driveway, I'm thinking, of course, about this very thing. And I'm thinking, God, this is the last time I'm saying yes to speaking in this church. (laughs) Just kidding. Um, Sean doesn't feel like that sometimes. Yes, my friend. Just kidding. Just kidding. But I can assure you that I was having to reassess my ability to love humanity. Because I know that so, there's times that if, there, if somebody irritates me or has like a really nice car that I really like or a really cool guitar or, or they have whatever that I think is awesome, I assume that they must just have an impure heart and that's why they're getting everything they want. <laughs> but then I have to say, okay, that's probably judgmental. And that has nothing to do with love. And so, Andy Stanley reminds us again that why we're not always sure what to believe, and while my views on a variety of things continue to mature and change, I almost always know what love requires of me. And so do you. And how remarkable that our first century Savior reduced all of life to one unchangeable command. That love is enough. And so this day that begins Holy Week, it makes sense that it begins with joy and celebration. Celebration to worship Jesus. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. Save us, O God. It starts with celebration with friends and family. And those on the outside. Those that are a little more than acquaintances. And the group gets smaller and a little more solemn with a meal together. And then it leads to an evening in the garden with the very closest of his friends where Jesus could sneak off and occasionally talk to his father. During that conversation where Jesus asked God the very serious, painful, Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Yet not what I want, but what you want. Jesus, like any of us would do, asking this painful question because this hateful, terrible way was the only way. But ultimately, Jesus goes back to what does love require of me?
And we can debate all the theological ramifications of all that was going on. But know once again that Jesus chose and chooses love for all of us. So today and every moment we can remember what does love require of us? What does love require of me? Paul says it best. Love never fails. Where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. And now these three remain. Faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Paul's meaning couldn't be any clearer. We know what we know, but we don't know everything. We see what we see, but we can't see everything. And once we've learned all that we can learn, there will still be more to learn. Oh, but love. Rachel Held Evans, the prophet that passed away in the last couple years, said it this way in a children's book, because of course that's where this would be. Whenever you aren't sure what God is like, think about what makes you feel safe, what makes you feel brave, and what makes you feel loved. That's what God is like. If these questions run from your, through your mind, am I good enough? Am I pure enough? Am I perfect enough? The better questions are, am I growing? Am I transforming enough? Am I partnering with Christ and Christ's people to alleviate suffering in this world? Am I relying on love enough? So there's these three questions again. Let's just close our eyes and take a deep breath. What did love require of Jesus? What does love require of us? What does love require of me? And in our hearts, when we look to judge others or even judge ourselves, instead of asking, is this sin? We can ask, is this loving? Can we stand for a moment? And let's sing before we pray this song, uh, Shout Hosanna. And I kind of threw this on uh, Samuel and Lindsay, so they may or may not join together with me, but that's okay. Because I know you guys will be uh, the best singing partners that we could ever have anyway. So... We'll just sing a little bit of this together as we pray. To the King of glory and light, all praises. To the only giver of life, our maker. The gates are open wide. We worship you. We worship you. Come see what he has done. Amazing. He bought us with His blood, our Savior. 
the cross is overcome we worship you oh sing we sing shout hosanna jesus he saves shout hosanna he rose from the grave come and lift him up hosanna Hosanna, Jesus, he saved. Shout, Hosanna, he rose from the grave. Stacy mentioned, if you're able to, to uh, give us a few minutes before you leave today so that we can uh, set up for the vaccine clinic, we would really appreciate it. Um, keep your eyes on Facebook and on uh, the website to let you know about Holy Thursday, Good Friday, and of course, Easter Sunday services. And uh, we'll make, try to make sure that you guys can get uh, all the information that you need. Sound good? All right, well, let's uh, pray together. And what I'm going to do, like I like to do sometimes uh, during prayer uh, online during the week, is I will pray this benediction over you. And then if you don't mind, I'll read it in really in shorter pieces so that you can pray it over your family and friends. Are you ready? So go forth into this day with the strong name of Jesus Christ to sustain you. All right, so repeat after me. Go forth into this day with the strong name of Jesus Christ to sustain you. And for my friends, let this week be blessed of you. Let them experience the goodness and the blessing of Holy Week. And let us experience your love today and every day. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we all pray. Amen. Amen. Have a wonderful week, everyone. We hope to see you on Easter Sunday and throughout the week. We'll see you soon.